Hello and welcome to In My Opinionation, your weekly Blossom recap podcast. I am your host, Mallory, and I'm joined this week by my co-hosts, Jen and Eric. Hey, guys. Hey, kids. Wait, it's cold outside. <laughs> Hello. So this week, <laughs> this week, we're looking at season two, episode seven, Intervention. It aired on November 4th, 1991. It was written by Judith D. Allison and Don Rio, and it was directed by the one, the only, Zane Busby. Zane Busby! Oh, you made it so long. Mm. It deserves it deserves that length. Zane Busby deserves that length. So we were talking about this on Thursday. I know this is a weird interjection, but we want to make t-shirts that have Zane mm-hmm. Busby on it. And her dressed up as like a 1940s newscaster on a yeah. shirt that says <gasps> Zane Busby. This has to happen, right? If you are an artist mm-hmm. listening out there and would want to to create a shirt for us we're open we're open for submissions get in the emails guys opinionationpod at gmail.com yes send us your designs yes <laughs> that's such a good idea yeah okay so um a quick synopsis joey i didn't write this down so i'm making it up as i go um Whoa. joey joey's friend frankie may or may not have a drinking problem and blossom and nick play hooky which was super fun yeah yeah it was super cute Mm -hmm. so i don't have any trivia do you guys have trivia the only thing i have is that this is the first episode where we have seen them do a cold open and an end credits scene Mm -hmm. it's yes it's the first open with a first episode with a cold open um we did have was there a credit scene where blossom and six were just chatting at their sleepover no so the okay. only thing we've gotten before this and they only did it for like two episodes is we got like a blooper reel of them shooting yes. the the intro of her dancing and yes. falling mm-hmm. over and stuff so yeah. we didn't get an actual written scene yeah okay that was last episode wasn't it the the blooper yeah the last two i think well this this episode also features matt levin as the best friend frankie and mm-hmm. i don't know if you know him but i looked at him and was like that guy's from Starship Troopers. And he was. He played Kitten Smith, who was one of the um, he was one of Rico's friends and he ends up dying uh-huh. on the first planet. So. Yep. I recognized him. He's yeah. also done a lot of voices in video games. Mm-hmm. Mass Effect. Yeah. For- yeah. So so you you might recognize his voice from from a video game. So without f- further ado. Let's head in. <laughs> Guys, we're all in a real weird space right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The internet. <laughs> wow. But um uh, <laughs> so so dad jokes. So um <laughs> the other day my boss was talking about the horses and he said they were purebred horses. And so I said, What are we talking? Sourdough, rye. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> what do you say? What he, say? Uh, he said he said a mixture of different breads. <laughs> that is good. Yeah. Have we ever said what you do? No, I, I, I don't know. You don't have to say she's not a horse girl. No, she not a horse. Has girl. a job that involves horses. But yeah, no, I do. My my job does involve horses to some extent. Mm-hmm. And make believe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so jumping into the show, into our bubba bubba breakdown. You. Yeah. So yes, we start with a cold open. First time this has happened. Blossom and Six are sitting, are studying in the living room. Joey walks by, and Six gets this kind of like puppy dog 
in love, lovey-dovey look on her face. Joey walks right into the kitchen. So Six asks Blossom if she thinks Joey is really stupid or is he just pretending? (laughs) And Blossom responds that Joey works in the toll booth that is on the border between the land of the incredibly stupid and the land of the drooling idiot. (laughs) So good. (laughs) <laughs> so well done blossom is she has these great quips about joey she's mm-hmm. it's fantastic so six then counters but it's okay because joey's really cute and blossom says well yeah but in the long run looks don't matter you know brains are more important so they agree that they would rather have a smart man than a dum-dum who looks really good mm-hmm. so they get back to the studying but just then joey pops his head in and asks if either of them wants to hold his feet while he does sit-ups and six immediately jumps up and runs to help joey because six who cares about brains yeah, <laughs> yeah. also he's like i'm gonna do sit-ups in the kitchen yeah <laughs> like a normal person well yeah why the kitchen i feel like that would be because then you can get water if you have to <laughs> water bottles and cups are portable uh-huh. but if you have to refill them that is why you get a gallon water bottle <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> also she's wearing again mallory that shirt that i said made her look like the jester from hunchback of notre dame yeah he's wearing it again <laughs> outfit repeat yeah we should start a repeat watch Ooh, i like it i mean yeah. we say it anyways Yeah, but I could put the music like I did with the other thing. Yes, love it. With the the, um, island watch that we did exactly once. Um, (laughs) Ever since I've called them out, it stayed the same. same. I'm just saying I'm doing my part. Okay. You're you're doing (laughs) if you hadn't called it out, it would have changed by now. It would have changed. Because science. I'm on to them. (laughs) (laughs) So we have the opening sequence and we head into the first scene blossom is studying at the coffee table in the living room and nick is at the piano with his headphones on he's working on a new jingle and tony comes downstairs and he picks up the phone to make a call but he stops and he hangs up and he decides he needs to talk to nick about it so he says you know dad i have a problem i picked up this girl on the ambulance who had broken her leg in a car accident well actually it was her incredibly long well-shaped femur Oh, weird. Um, (laughs) Anyway, they hit it off and the girl gave him her number, but he's not sure if it's ethical to ask this girl out on a date. Good job, Tony. Yeah, because as he said, he doesn't know if she actually liked him or if she was just like, well, this guy's rescuing me, so I guess I have to be nice. Yeah. Which is a thing that women have to do. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So he finishes off by asking, what would you do, dad? And Eric, I'm going to put you on the spot here because I'm hoping that you can sing what Nick sings. Oh. <laughs> the the jingle. Oh, God, I don't remember what it was. You can look it up. I can I can cut this part of you looking it up, but I do want to hear you sing it. <clears throat> be the blonde you were born to be. Rinse your hair with blonde like me. Yay. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> So Nick hasn't heard a word that Tony has said. He's just been in the zone working on this song. So Nick, you know, he, he's busy. He suggests Tony go find Blossom. She's really good at this stuff. Blossom, who has been here the entire time <laughs> studying. So Tony then asks Blossom, you know, do you think it's ethical? I'm not sure. And Blossom says, you know, he shouldn't be using the ambulance to, to pick up women. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I thought that was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. So Tony tries to explain, no, 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 I, that's not what I meant. Like I picked her up because she was injured and mm. she gave me her number. You know, it was all on the up and up. And Blossom is also really busy. So she says, no, 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 go, go find dad. I don't, I don't have time for this. 
<sighs> so Tony gives up and he leaves the living room, delivering this game show speech as he goes. And I wrote this <laughs> down. Good night, everyone. And thanks for playing the home version of Anthony doesn't exist. <laughs> Anthony will be in the kitchen if you'd like to ignore him any further. <laughs> it was so cute. Yeah, it's just exasperated. So, yeah, I mean, we touched on it a little bit. It's not really ethical for him to call or at least like him wondering if it is a good sign. So the only point I will make is he does make a point of saying she gave me her number. Yeah. So there is a difference, you know, as if it was him, if it was him picking her up, that would be a lot. Creepier. That would be. Yeah. Ew. And even if I had been interested in a dude at that point, if he was in that position and gave me his number, I'd be like, OK, now I don't want to anymore. Oh. Yeah. But the fact that she gave him her number means that, OK, it was a little more than just like being nice because of the yeah. situation. Yeah. It's not you know? an abuse of power, which is yeah. which would have, it would have been if he did it. Like mm-hmm. that just- well, so so he must have given her his number as well because she calls at the end of the episode. And I also, would she have felt pressured to give him her number? Like, could that have been the, like whether or not he was intending to, there's a lot of situations where people don't realize that they're in positions of power and they end up quote unquote accidentally abusing it. Right. So like she may have felt like I'm not going to get the care that I need if I don't go along with this. I don't think he initiated it. Is where we don't know. Yeah, but look look at Tony as a character though. Yeah. Yeah. And and how he's so um worked up about this situation mm-hmm. as it is. I don't think he would have been in the moment and been like, you know what? I'm gonna give this girl my number. <laughs> it just it seems off for his character. Right. Yeah, I guess just in general, do you think mm-hmm. it's ethical for an ambulance driver to date someone that they picked up in the ambulance or paramedic and EMT? I mean, doctors have married patients before, like mm-hmm. afterwards, as yeah. long as they're not their patient at the time. I think there's not an issue there. Yeah, I mean, it's a super gray area. But yeah. like yeah, you said, sure. once there's a certain time lapse and you're not taking care of the person anymore, it could be pursued maybe in the right circumstances. But it depends mm-hmm. on the people, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's definitely a gray area. And I think, yeah, a lot of uh, we don't know. We, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, knowing Tony, he probably didn't do anything. But just uh-huh. in general, this type of situation, we don't know yeah. what the environment was like when she was there, yeah. if she felt like she needed to to yeah. like, you know, that's why yeah. that's why there's all those phone numbers that women can give out that go to yeah. like fake mm-hmm. things yeah. being like this girl doesn't want to talk to you because yeah. they don't know yeah. another way out of that situation. I've done that. Like if this yeah. was Joey, we like I'd totally be like, okay, that's sketch. But yeah, with, with mm-hmm. Tony, it's Tony, I, I, yeah, it's a good conversation though. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I don't think that Tony would be the type to pressure. But I think this is like it's a good thing that this store that this C plot is bringing up, right? Yeah, like, this mm-hmm. this power dynamic. Yeah. yeah, he knows right out of the gate that it could go weird super fast, and yeah. I think his own awareness of it is what made it not skeezy to me yes yeah Yeah. like i literally have two notes one on top of the other he starts talking about it and i made the note oh no oh no don't hit on people you save and literally the note right below it is okay good he knows it's kind of (laughs) weird yeah 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 if anyone's gonna know it's weird it's tony within 10 seconds i made two separate notes for myself (laughs) yeah so in the kitchen joey and his friend frankie are goofing around Frankie is just dressed in an undershirt and boxer shorts. It happens. Okay. Um, (laughs) 
And they both have a water bottle with a straw. Those like very like early 90s mm-hmm. water bottles. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. But do they? Because his keeps on disappearing. Whose does? <gasps> Frankie's does in the it? scene. Yeah. It's super distracting. He has it in his what? hand and then he's like. Because that's the whole point is that he has this water bottle. It keeps disappearing. Rewatch the scene. It's very. You have to rewatch it. I don't like it. It's very. Uh, <laughs> it broke me. So they may or may not have water bottles. No, Maybe. just just Frankie keeps on. Frankie may or may not have a water bottle, but it's very important to the scene that he does. Yep. So, <laughs> so Tony enters, and Joey explains that they just got back from this rager at Tina Regalic's house, and it was it was so huge that it started on a Friday, and by Saturday afternoon they had to refill the pool with Jello. Tina's parents, they're in France, guys. What you look so excited. <laughs> I looked up how much jello you would need to put into a pool. (laughs) Nice. Yes, you did. Nice, nice. How much is it? Okay, so obviously everybody has a different size pool. But like the standard pool. I found out things I didn't need to know, like how there are official websites you can go to for jello wrestling that gives you like sanctioned wrestling jello. Didn't need to know that. Sanctioned (laughs) wrestling jello? It makes sense. Or it's like the the best, the best kind of jello for wrestling. Is it jello brand jello? No, it's like they rebranded it. It's probably the same shit. Okay. But um on this journey. I found on Quora some man saying, guys, I did the math. (laughs) (laughs) So this gentleman did the math. I won't release his name because he's a real human who (laughs) made this choice for his life. I mean, but you can find this on Quora if you want. Yeah. Yeah. So my residential pool is slightly larger than most due to having a deeper deep end. It is 21,000 gallons. One cup per box is... 336,000 boxes of jello to convert an actual like residential backyard style swimming pool. I feel like we need to write a seasons of love parody about how many boxes of jello you would need. Um I don't I don't know if you guys um watch Mark Rober on YouTube. He's a former NASA engineer who mm-hmm. he was the one who was making those packages for people stealing packages on porches. Yes. Oh yes. yeah. Yes. So a number of years ago, I think like two or three years ago, he actually filled up a pool full of Jello, and I think it was like eleven or fourteen or fifteen tons of Jello. Jesus! In his pool. So if you want to see the science behind making yeah. Jello, he has it there. And Mark Rober is amazing at explaining how the science works and all well, of this. Yeah. And I feel like if you had that much Jello, it wouldn't be very Jello-like. Like it would be much firmer. So going back on the Jello wrestling thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> regular jello will melt right so you'd want something mm-hmm. that would keep its form so something with probably more gelatin or more sugar yeah. content because when you make jello jigglers uh, you add more sugar so that it stays together without melting on skin what right? about when you make jello shots i don't i don't think it matters for that okay right? that, would, that would almost need to be a little melty because like you don't want it to get stuck. I don't know if y'all have ever had a jello shot. It is not attractive. And if it doesn't have no. a little bit of like melt on it. I've never been able to like properly have a jello shot. It just gets stuck in the thing. It looks mm. dirty. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, you got to use your tongue to, to scoop it up. You really got to get in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just your alphabet. <laughs> so back to the scene. Um. Tony finally mentions the elephant in the room 
Frankie's lack of clothes. So Joey explains that Frankie rode his skateboard off the roof and into the pool. So he's drying his clothes in the Russo's dryer. But if we follow the thread here, the pool would have been filled with jello. So he would have needed to wash his clothes as well when they wouldn't have just been wet. Mm-hmm. Plot hole. Depends uh, <laughs> if it melted, right? The jello. But it would still be sticky. That's true. And probably red. Yeah. yeah definitely or red. Or whatever color. Yeah. Whatever color the jello is. Maybe it's not his underwear. Maybe it's not his undershirt. Maybe he found someone. He found what? Maybe he found someone else's undershirt and... I don't know. Underwear. Maybe it's not his underwear. That's weird. Oh, no. This party's out of control. So Frankie said that he did the stunt to prove there's always room for Frankie. Is this a reference to something? There's always room for Jello. Oh. Uh, They're playing off those words, so... Okay, so his clothes would have been covered in Jello. Yeah. So, okay, we're going back and forth here between whether there's water <laughs> and Jello. Okay. So... Joey points out Frankie was also incredibly drunk and Tony is just not surprised at all. So he asks Frankie what he's drinking and Frankie says it's vodka, but you can't tell because it has no smell. And he kind of like waves the bottle in front of Tony's face. And Tony, a recovering addict, sniffs it and says Smirnoff, red label, 80 proof. (laughs) (laughs) Knows exactly what it is. And then Tony kind of looks at Joey, who swears that he's not drinking because he has baseball practice. And Tony says, OK, I trust you. But then grabs the water bottle and sniffs it, too, and hands it mm-hmm. back. And, you know, it's, it's just water. It's fine. Joey and Frankie tell Tony, you know, relax. It's just a party. And Frankie points out Tony is very familiar with the noun to party, to which <laughs> Tony responds. I'm also familiar with the verb idiot. And as a word nerd, I loved this joke. <laughs> To party is a verb. Idiot is a noun. Mm-hmm. Stay backwards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Frankie starts getting annoyed with Tony and makes this remark about, you know, oh, I guess I haven't caught up with this with you and the stuff your face with drugs department. So you should just cut me some slack. It was at this point that I decided that I hate Frankie. Yeah. Up until now, it was a strong dislike. Now it's yep. a definite hate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Don't like him. I wish we had known him before he entered this part of his life because I presume that he wasn't this much of a jerk. It's weird that he's the best friend of Joey and we haven't seen him just like in the last episode. Um, mm. What's his name was the best friend of Blossom when we hadn't seen him other than yeah. a nerd. Um, but like, yeah, it's weird having these best friends that just randomly showed up in one episode. Yeah. yeah and we never I think they're trying to get across like alcoholism makes you a dick or whatever. Yeah. So it's Telling very possible he was a decent enough kid before. I don't know. I, I would venture that he was never a joy to be around, but he probably mm-hmm. wasn't this much of an ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Tony, you know, he kind of backs down and walks away. And Joey and Frankie head into the living room to go upstairs and get Frankie some clothes. But uh oh, Blossom and Nick are in there. Tony says, you know what? Don't worry. They won't even see you. So they they head on through and they're they're just about through when uh, Frankie, you know, he's like, oh, I'm so funny, asks Blossom, do you like my outfit? And Blossom replies, it kind of sags in the back. <laughs> <laughs> what a burn. So. The next morning, Blossom is in the kitchen, furiously gathering her things to head out to school. And Nick walks in. I think he's still working on a song. It could be a crossword. He always kind of has a crossword in his hands. Mm -hmm. And Blossom gives Nick a kiss on the cheek, says hello and goodbye, and heads out the back door to leave. And Nick says, you know, I'll see you at your concert after school. But Blossom's Mm -hmm. concert was last week. So Nick's like, oh, you know, sorry. Sorry, I missed it. And she's like, no, no, no. You were there. (laughs) You saw it. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, you're great. And she thanks him and heads out. But seconds Mm -hmm. later, she comes back in. 
She says she's had an epiphany. She's realized that they're just kind of stuck in this superficial cycle where they just are sort of passing each other. And occasionally she gets in trouble, but they really aren't spending time together or connecting. Mm -hmm. And Nick agrees and says, you know, we can just schedule some time together to do something just meaningless and fun. Just you and me, you know. Uh, So they try to pick a weekend, but Blossom's busy this weekend and Nick is busy the following weekend. Mm -hmm. But the important thing is that they've recognized that there's a problem and they're going to do something about it soon. This is exactly like making a schedule with your friends once you're in your 30s. Yeah. This is me trying to get together with people like back when we could. Yeah. Being like, Mm -hmm. well, you know, it's we definitely want to see each other. But it's going to be in three months. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah, and everyone has different work schedules and mm-hmm. families and da 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 da. And it's, it's, it sucks. It sucks. Uh, <laughs> so Blossom's about to head out when Nick suddenly gets an idea. They're going to play hooky. He writes Blossom a sick note, take to school t- tomorrow and signs it. And uh, we have this cute moment of Blossom being like, no, 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 that's not what your signature looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> So Joey enters and Nick is like, hey, you want to join us on our day off? And Joey's like, you no, you there's no way that you two are taking the day off. Blossom and Nick kind of look at each other and, you know, Joey's got a good point. See you later, Joey. I felt actually bad, so bad for him in this because he has a valid point. Like these two people wouldn't normally play hooky. So he's of course, he's like, no, OK, bye. I'm going to go to school now. <laughs> <laughs> so Blossom. And Joe and uh, Nick head off on their day of fun and Joey sits down at the table for breakfast. Tony shows up to join him and they start talking about Frankie and, you know, Tony asks what position he's playing on the baseball team. But Joey replies, oh, Frankie quit the team. And he doesn't seem faced by this, which seems Mm -hmm. a little odd because I think we're to believe that they've always been on the baseball team together. So Tony then goes in for the, the big question. Do you think Frankie has a problem? Joey doesn't quite get it. And his response is, no, no, his mom picked out his underwear. (laughs) So Tony then, you know, explains what he meant, that Frankie seems to have been partying pretty hard. Tony tells us that Frankie has kind of disappeared for a couple months and has just now resurfaced and acting totally crazy. And he's quit the team. So that's that's not just blowing off steam. That's that's a big deal. But Joey gets pretty defensive, telling Tony, no, you're wrong just because you went off the deep end doesn't mean that everybody's going to. And, you know, Joey's certain that there's no need to talk to Frankie. They've been best friends their entire lives. And he would know if, if Frankie was in trouble, Mm -hmm. but Tony keeps pushing saying, you know, it can be hard to notice these things, but Joey says, no, Frankie's like a brother. In fact, he was the one who was there for Joey when Tony went off the rails and you can see that that hit that hurt Tony. Yeah. 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 But not wrong. So I think Joey is totally validated in, you know, wanting to believe that that guy that was around, like this couldn't happen to him too. Right. Because he was the support system before. Right. And he's also still around. Right. Like it's not like Tony where he disappeared. Mm -hmm. Like he's still there. Yeah. He's drinking, but he's still there. So he can't, it can't be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So Tony then takes a beat and ends the conversation by just saying, you know, just keep an eye out, pay attention to your friend. Joey's like, yeah, okay. So I wanted to talk about this conversation a bit because Mm -hmm. I think it's different from how we usually see this go on TV where Tony was staying very calm the entire time. And Joey got like a little bit defensive, but the conversation ended pretty amicably and not in a big fight. Yeah. And we do see them get into a fight a bit later, but I found this first scene to be a different take on that. Yeah. It's not like an instant conflict. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't like Tony was pushing it. He just wanted Joey to make sure that his friend's okay. Yeah. Like just just keep an eye out. Like things can happen. Things can mm-hmm. go yeah. overboard. And I think that's more realistic too. Like if you see that happening with somebody in your own life, it's you know, presumably the first thing you're going to do is not jump in their faces and demand to know what they're up to. It's you, you watch for a little while, you keep an eye out for them. It's, Mm -hmm. it felt more real to me, the trajectory of the episode. Yeah, I agree. So then the phone rings and it's Tommy Newsome from the tonight show. And he's looking for Nick. Joey doesn't believe him and just immediately hangs up. So who is Tommy Newsome. Who is he? Who is he? So he was a saxophone player and he was part of the band for The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Carson from 1962 to 1992, as well as the assistant musical director or conductor throughout those 30 years. And Johnny Carson, Carson, Johnny Carson. You also said Jimmy the first time. Did I? Yeah. (laughs) I was going to let it blow by, but now now you got a twofer, so... (laughs) Johnny Carson (laughs) nicknamed him Mr. Excitement because he was actually quite low-key and reserved. So it was like one of those opposite nicknames. I like that. So just then Buzz shows up. (sighs) Buzz. (laughs) He wasn't terrible in this episode. He wasn't, but we didn't need this. Like this was a D story. We don't need four stories in one episode. But I appreciate a D story where they show... Some sort of character growth for Buzz, which is what we've yes. been wanting this yes. entire time. I have that in my notes and I want to talk about that as well. It also plays off of the A plot too. So yeah. our B plot is Blossom and... Yeah, like the repercussions of... Yeah. Yeah. So Buzz shows up. Joey's like, I have to run, lock up when you leave. And Buzz says he doesn't have a key. And we learn that the kids are under strict instructions not to give Buzz a key to their house. So instead, <laughs> Joey just tells Buzz where the spare key is hidden in the flower pot. Because then he's not giving him a key. Everything's fine. <laughs> Joey leaves and the phone rings again. Buzz answers. It's Tommy Newsome again. And he's looking for Nick because he needs a piano player for the show that night. Buzz says, you know, he's sure that Nick would love to. He'll probably be home soon because he's a he's a really responsible guy. And we smash cut to Blossom and Nick in the movie theater, leaving their movie. And Nick suggests that they sneak into another one. <laughs> what a responsible guy. Back in the day when you could do this. Or I'm sure you could still do it now. The way they build theaters now, it's so much harder to do it because at least most of the theaters around here, they're split in the middle. Whereas I remember theaters like multiplexes back in the day, it's like you kind of walk into one space and it's just a wide open space. And you Mm. can just like, once you're in, that's it. You can go anywhere you want. (laughs) Yeah. So they almost get caught by an usher sneaking into this movie. But once he's gone, they do this cute little dance. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And they dance their way into the next movie. It's very adorable. So next scene, we're in the Russo's kitchen. Tony's on the phone. He's he's having this conversation with Sharon, the girl who broke her leg, or so we think, until he smacks <laughs> himself in the head with the phone because he doesn't like the line that he's put out. It turns out that he's actually practicing what he's going to say to this girl. And as he's practicing, the operator cuts in, checking that the phone hasn't been left off the hook. <laughs> Do we need to explain this? Yes, you do. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering if this was, I don't remember this ever actually being something that happened. I remember it changing dial tones after yeah. a long time of leaving yeah. it off, but I wasn't, I, didn't, I never left it off long enough that. 
No, I don't. I don't remember like an operator. But so the thing was, you could if you didn't hang up a, a landline properly, then it would just stay connected and nobody could call you because the phone wouldn't ring. None of the phones in the house would ring. So if it'd been off the hook for a while, I would go from the dial tone to that beep, 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 yeah. beep. Yeah. Um, so hopefully if you were walking by, you would hear that and like hang up the phone. But yeah, that's a thing. When, I wonder if it's an emergency thing, if it went to the operator, like probably someone's in, someone's in trouble. It might be. It might be. They need help. Yeah. But yeah, that's the thing. Like these days, if you're on a cell phone and the other person hangs up, your phone automatically hangs up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With a landline, it wasn't like that. It was still the, like. And you can practice on a phone without it being without calling anybody. Yeah. 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 So Tony explains, you know, that he's just rehearsing a, a phone call and the operator clearly thinks he's an idiot. We hear Tony say, yes, I know how to use a phone. No, my mommy isn't home. And then he hangs up. <laughs> Maybe the operator thought he was like four years old. With that voice? Hmm. What four-year-old do you know that has a full-grown man's voice? I, my voice changed when I was like 10. Maybe they thought he was like a 10-year-old. Maybe. Because people used to think I was my dad at that age. I was like, really? Oh, I'm not my dad. Here. Wow. <laughs> maybe maybe I was uh, maybe 11 or 12. Yeah. You, you could have gotten away with some stuff, though. You could have called school and been like, yeah, Eric's not coming in today. He- yeah, I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> I changed in university, not not before that. <laughs> so uh, Tony walks out of the kitchen into the living room, and as he enters the living room, the phone rings. Tony answers. It's Tommy Newsom again. And like Joey, Tony doesn't believe it's Tony, Tommy Newsom, and he has this great line. Oh, hi, Tommy. Can you hold on a sec? Ed McMahon's on the other line, and then he slams the phone down. <laughs> So I feel like we've talked about this before, but more in the context of if your dad is Nick, yeah, wouldn't you know who the Beatles are (laughs) in in the same like vein? If your dad is Nick, it it stands to reason you might have gotten calls from like semi celebrities or musicians or like just the he was so ready to not believe this dude. But wouldn't he have gotten calls like this before? Yep. Probably. I don't know. Not even semi-famous. Like he's worked with famous, famous yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like he obviously knows. I don't know. Maybe he was just frustrated from his own stuff, but yeah. And I don't know. So they, they talk about like the studio as though there's like a set studio that Nick always goes to. So mm-hmm. maybe these calls go to the studio more often than they come to the house. Maybe. Maybe is a poss- is a possibility. I don't know, but it was a funny moment. Or they go through his agent. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Buzz is in the living room this whole time, uh, and the phone rings again, and Tony's like, "I'm not answering it." So Buzz answers it, and he explains to to Tommy Newsom that he left a message at the studio, but he'll run over now to see if Nick got it because they've heard nothing. And yes, this is all very unBuzz like. I would have mm-hmm. expected Buzz to take the gig for himself. During the first phone call. Yeah, immediately. That's fair. So why why is he going out of his way to help Nick? Because they're trying to make him less of an asshat. I hope so. I hope going forward we have mm-hmm. we have This is what we've wanted the whole time. Yeah. Yep. Don't run from it, Mallory. <laughs> seven episodes. Let's let's keep going. <laughs> so Buzz heads out just as Frankie and Joey come home from school for lunch and they're gonna go to the batting cage on their lunch break which seems like a really long lunch break if they can go home first and then go to the batting cage. Yeah. We don't know how close the school is. 
But even so, Still. like, if you only had an hour for lunch, like, it seems like a very long break. So Joey heads upstairs to get his wallet and bat, leaving Tony and Frankie alone. Tony pulls these two empty mini liquor bottles out of his vest pocket, his inside vest pocket. And he says he found them in the washing machine and wants to know if they belong to Frankie. They do. And Frankie says, you know what? It's okay. I can get more. And Tony makes this little comment saying. The- <laughs> what was that sushi? What was that? Mom. Wow. Mom. <laughs> what timing. <laughs> So just like my cat feels about food, Tony says that Frankie will never get enough liquor and Frankie jumps up. He's he's heard this speech before. He doesn't need to hear it from another person. And, you know, Tony tries to calm him down. He's not going to give him a speech. He just wants him to know that when he's ready, there is help available. You know, you can he can even go to a meeting with Tony. Frankie completely shuts down. He's very angry, doesn't want to talk about it. And Tony, he keeps pushing but I wouldn't say aggressively like no. he just he just wants him to know, like, when you're ready, we don't like it doesn't need to be today. But when mm-hmm. you're ready, when you're ready to ask for help, there are people there. Yeah. Yeah. And Frankie just kind of jumps down his throat and storms out. And I think that's pretty expected. I think Tony was expecting that reaction. Yeah. Well, because he's probably had that reaction before. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, and it's good to have that that hand like reaching out that hand to someone. Yes. Like, yeah. They might not want it, but they know that it's there mm-hmm. eventually. Yeah. So Joey comes down the stairs just as Frankie's storming out and he he just full on attacks Tony. He's really mad that Tony kept bugging Frankie about it. He wouldn't leave it alone like Joey asked him to. And he eventually just storms out running after his friend. Go, going back on this. Yeah. yeah. He found yeah. these two little bottles from was it the original clothes or like his underwear outfit i think it was the clothes that he had put the in the dryer yeah yeah okay. yeah, I'm yeah. So. okay cool cool so back on blossom and nick's daddy daughter day they're leaving the movie theater you know the one they snuck into mm-hmm. and the usher at the door asks them all oh, how did you enjoy the movie did you <laughs> enjoy it as much as the one that you paid for they're busted. Mm-hmm. Nick tries to act like, no, 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 we paid for it. Where, <laughs> where are my ticket stubs? Oh, no, I can't find them. <laughs> Classic. Dearest daughter, do you have them? <laughs> and Blossom's just not having any, but she's like, we're caught, we're caught. Uh, and the, the usher, he he knows they're caught, too, because he is a professional usher. Damn straight. A professional. Uh. And they need to pay him $7 each, which movie tickets today are like $20. So that's that's a bargain unless you go on tuesdays they're eight and keep in mind seven dollars a ticket back then was like quadruple the price of a normal movie ticket yeah Mm because i remember when i was going to the movies probably would have been 2000s or so like 1998 2000 you could go on a tuesday and pay like four bucks yeah so seven dollars in 1991 Mm -hmm. that's some bribe money i remember going to a movie for two (laughs) dollars Two dollars. Oh yeah, there were some theaters that did uh, Toonie Tuesdays. Not not even the, not even not even the like the two dollar theaters. Yeah, we had a we had a, a two dollar theater. Yeah, that played like the movies that were out of theaters but not yet on VHS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. That's how I saw Congo. Remember Congo? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know what this is. Congo was it was a film created by well, it was a novel based on a novel by Michael Crichton who wrote Jurassic Park, oh. and it was about very intelligent. Um, 
people like not people apes and okay such. It's, it's 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 a long movie it has bruce campbell in it crayon was really into just what if the animal planet really fucked us up <laughs> that was his whole jam also in this scene i sat there and i was looking at this usher and i was like this guy looks super familiar is he from star trek <laughs> yes he was in star oh. trek not only Star Trek Enterprise, but he was also in the 2009 uh, Star Trek, which is what I recognized him from. Really? And he was like, he was one of the shuttle operators in the scene where they're like shipping off people to different ships at the beginning of the movie. And I was like, ah, I, I knew I recognized you. Moving on up in the world from professional usher mm-hmm. to shuttle ship operator. <laughs> What's his official title? Shuttle officer. Eric, <laughs> I feel like you need you need to bring actors onto your other podcast strange new pod but then be like so that time you were on blossom <laughs> we have had a couple actors on on the show mm-hmm, um, i know like, like the guy who played guy in once on um in toronto yeah and he was also in stratford he played Macbeth, mm-hmm. like the most recent Macbeth. Yeah, Ian Lake. Oh, he was good. Sorry, was this is weird good. Canadiana guys, but <laughs> he, he's a very good actor. He's very good. <laughs> anyway, that's it. <laughs> I digress. Uh, yeah, Blossom also thinks seven dollars for a ticket is outrageous because she is a student after all. But if she's <laughs> a student, why isn't she in school? And then the usher goes on to question what kind of a father Nick is, and that's just a bad move. Mm-mm. Don't do that. Nick gets all riled up and he says, the burden of proof is on the accuser. So you, professional usher man, have to prove (laughs) that we snuck in. No problem. He's going to go get his manager and presumably the security tape. I don't know. So he turns around and calls for this mysterious Mr. Zabo and Blossom yells, oh, no, not Zabo. Run, dad. And then they (laughs) run out of the movie theater. So cute. (laughs) It's adorable. So we cut to them in this fancy restaurant. The server is listing off the specials and Nick is like mimicking the server at Blossom. (laughs) It was super weird and extra. I thought it was adorable. I thought it was. It was. I do that with my kids. It was cute. (laughs) But like, we're so used to sarcastic Nick. Yeah. That seeing him do like this cartoon character, like, I don't know. He maybe like Nick needs an intervention this episode because he's acting Real out there. I I think he just for a day put aside his like father responsible brain and was Mm -hmm. like, I'm just going to have fun with my daughter. Yeah. I take um, Kay out to we go out for coffee dates and we always goof off like that. Like, yeah, we might not act like that at home. We always goof off when we go out on our little dates. It's it's fun. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) That's adorable. Yeah. So. So Nick offers to to order for Blossom, and of course she agrees. So he orders them ice cream sundaes for dinner and chocolate cake for dessert, and they'd also like to see the pie list. The waiter kind of walks away. He's he's annoyed, but doesn't matter. <laughs> Blossom and, and Nick are having the time of their life. So Blossom explains that Mr. Zabo is the evil hairless troll who runs the movie theater. And the last time he caught someone sneaking into a movie, he punished them by having them scrape gum off of all the chairs in the 14 different theaters. I don't think that's legal. I don't think, yeah, no, I don't think you can do that. No. I don't think you can do that. I think a parent can just show up and say, nope, and take their yeah, kid. Yeah. So... Nick is very adult saying, you know, that's not going to happen to us. As soon as we're done here, I'll go back and pay for the tickets. Not, (laughs) which was 
which was for you kiddies out there. That was a huge <laughs> joke at the time. Uh, yeah, you'd basically say something that ended up by going, nah. <laughs> that was a throwback. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I also remember one of my biggest memories of this. I don't know if it's a memory of this joke, but um, did you guys watch Arrested Development? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So um, Michael, when he starts dating the the lawyer and mm-hmm. she's pretending to be pregnant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he he says something about like he he makes that not joke and then just stupid like she's being a dumbass and then she goes yeah and I'm not pregnant not and like lifts <laughs> up her shirt and there's a big pregnant belly there <laughs> Julia Louis Dreyfus yeah amazing yeah so Nick says they need the perfect end to the perfect day and that's watching an LA Kings hockey game. But just then Blossom's English teacher shows up and Blossom tries to hide. She doesn't want to get caught ditching school, but it looks like Mrs. Williams has a secret of her own. She is on a date with Senor Martinez, the Spanish teacher. And both of these teachers are married, but not to each other. Oh, shit. Nick says that they have themselves a Mexican standoff. Um, So I got a little nerdy and researched this. (laughs) (laughs) A Mexican standoff is a situation where there's no way for one person to achieve victory over the other, any attempt to take down the other party will result in you taking down yourselves as well as, as well. So mm-hmm. it's either you both walk away or you both go down. So the first thing I thought of was the scene from the office where they're playing the murder <laughs> mystery. And right at the end, Michael Dwight, Andy and Pam are all in the conference room pointing their like fake gun hands at each other. Yeah. And no one can do anything because if one person quote unquote shoots then they're mm-hmm. all gonna shoot and they'll all die yeah that's a mexican standoff or like the end of reservoir dogs yeah yeah <laughs> the ending of the good the bad and the, most westerns let's, let's yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> so there are conflicting opinions on the source of this term the cambridge advanced learners dictionary claims that it came from australia Mm. Okay, but other sources say that it comes from either the Mexican-American War or post-war Mexican bandits of the 19th century. I would assume the latter would be the most likely. Yeah. Um, And the earliest written record is from a short story about Mexico printed in New York in 1876. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah. So Blossom, realizing that her teachers can do nothing, yells out, hola, Mrs. Williams. To which Mrs. Williams replies, we had a test today, Blossom. You got a hundred. <laughs> so, so she, uh, perfect day continues. She and Blossom, uh, Nick and Blossom kind of share a little giggle and a teeny little high five. It's very cute. I, I had this note though, like as cute as this is, I, I have this note that's like, Nick, there's a pretty broad line between playing hooky for a day <laughs> and, and blackmailing a teacher. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like they just it took a big leap. <laughs> yeah, it it. I think they just wanted to see like how how more perfect can we make this day for Blossom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I was just I I had one of those like Ron Burgundy that that escalated quickly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that evening at the Russos, Tony is in the kitchen again, working up the courage to call Sharon. He picks up the phone, he puts it down. And just then six pops her head in the door and she's she's looking for Blossom for some guy girl stuff. She wants some help. Mm -hmm. And since Blossom isn't there, Tony offers to help. Adorable. So cute. We've never seen these two interacting before Mm -hmm. ever. And it's great. 
So Six explains that she knows this guy likes her, even though he hasn't said anything to her. So she wants to know if it's okay if she asks him out. So Tony's advice is, you know, if you like him, you should tell him. And you might need to rehearse it a few times. You might need to get over your nerves. But in the end, she just needs to pick up the phone and say, Sharon, will you go out with me? So Six is a little bit confused by the Sharon bit. But thanks, Tony. And, and you know, she's, she decides she's going to do it. She's going to call this guy. And Tony decides to take his own advice, too. And he's, he's going to do it. But not right now. Not right now. Not right now. Can I just... Okay, so y'all know I'm on Kitchen Watch 24-7. Yes. (laughs) The counter is fine. Okay. You know what's new? Those big-ass recycling boxes in the background. They've been there before. No, not like that. I've noticed them before. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because I always thought, like, oh, isn't it so progressive that they're recycling? Because in the States at the time, I don't think they had, like, Mm -hmm. recycling the way we do in Canada. Well, it was, I looked it up because I've never noticed some. And I was like, I need to look up recycling in 1991. Okay. No, I just, that's so funny that I've never noticed them before. And they've been there the whole time. I remember seeing the symbol. Yeah. I don't know if they've been there the whole time, but they've definitely been there before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because this is the first time I've noticed people like trying to do their blocking around Around? (laughs) the bins and like not quite making it all the time. Yeah, (laughs) but apparently around this time, there was like the push for McDonald's to change their containers, which was a really big deal. And oh, the styrofoam. Yeah, because they were styrofoam. So that makes perfect sense if they've been doing this for the season. Do you guys remember the styrofoam? No, it used to melt because of the oil on the on the inside. You get like little bubbles of it melted away. Mm, McDonald's. Mm, definitely not bad for you. No. <laughs> Did you do research into the recycling? That was it. Oh, you just wanted to, but you didn't do it. Because okay, I, <laughs> I realize how obsessive I am about the kitchen. So I only let myself get so far with it. <laughs> okay, well, next week I want I want to know about recycling in California in the 90s. <laughs> Were they ahead of their time? Because I don't think that they had like pickup, like they had garbage pickup at the time. I think you had to go and do it. Um, There was a huge rise in, I do know, there was a huge rise in 1988 of curbside pickup that started to be a program. <gasps> That's the year I was born. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a forced thing. You could kind of just opt in if you wanted to. They started providing right. boxes. But apparently yeah. in 1990, right around the time the McDonald's thing happened, there was a huge jump. So I couldn't okay. find any sort of specific campaigning from that mm-hmm. time, right. but I think it was just like a general understanding of people needing to do better um like trying to get product manufacturers to use recyclable materials there was a couple of big pushes in like massachusetts and stuff so that's as far as i got because i didn't want to we still have lots of issues with recycling today like it's oh yeah it's not as good as they like they're not doing it right like and 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 the onus is on consumers when it should be on manufacturers right like oh yeah if you don't sort your recycling properly then you're the problem like no like it shouldn't be on the individual it should be on these companies that are producing the stuff and this is exactly what was happening around that time is the onus started to be on the the producers rather than the consumers so more of that that's it yes all right i'm gonna get off my soapbox um kitchen digression (laughs) yeah so joey walks into the kitchen um, to get a soda, giving Tony the t- the silent treatment. He's still mad about earlier. He says, you know, it's not Tony's place. He was and he was wrong anyway. So just leave Frankie alone. 
later that night, Frankie comes by to pick up Joey for their night out. He shows up to the Russo living room with his trusty water bottle and Joey lets him in and then goes to the kitchen to leave a note for Nick that he's gone out to the batting cages. Frankie immediately goes to the liquor cabinet and pours a bunch of vodka into his water bottle. Side note, the episode where Tony's friend shows up and mm. is like about to fall off the wagon. And I made that comment about why would you tell him that there's vodka and then leave the room? I think it was because I knew from this episode that the vodka was in the living room. Mm. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm realizing now that this is the first time that the audience is learning that this is where the vodka is. That's where liquor cabinets usually are, right? Yeah. Usually in the living room. Yeah. Joey comes back in and catches Frankie stealing this vodka and he he tries to just de-escalate the situation, you know, just putting the bottle away and being like, you know, let's head out to the batting cages. And Frankie tries to defend himself, saying he's just trying to loosen up. And Joey says, you know, I think I think you're loose enough. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think you need any more. Frankie, this he starts getting defensive. You know, Joey has an attitude, apparently. So, again, Joey tries to de-escalate. He apologizes. Let's go. But then Frankie grabs Joey's baseball bat and starts reminiscing about this old ball game. And as he's telling the story, he starts swinging the bat around dangerously close to the glass cabinet. Mm -hmm. Joey tries to get him to stop, but he keeps going. He even picks up a pillow and bats it towards the piano. Finally, Joey rips the bat out of Frankie's hand and he's now realized that Frankie does indeed have a problem. Yeah. He even defends Tony to Frankie saying he did nothing wrong. Like you're the one that's wrong here. And Frankie Mm -hmm. storms out. Mm -hmm. Tony caught the end of that. And he tells Joey, you did the right thing. You know, you were going to lose your friend either way, whether you said something or didn't, but at least this way, maybe you help shake him up a bit and you could be contributing to him getting help. Mm -hmm. And Tony explains, you know, it, Lots of people talked to him and he didn't listen until he was woken up in a dumpster by a golden retriever, meaning that it takes a lot to get a person in trouble to see that they need help. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't add to those voices. Yeah. And I think that's exactly it is don't feel like don't feel like they're not listening to you because they are somewhere in the back of their brain. But Mm -hmm. it's it's like some it's like my dad giving me life advice and I love my father very much but we're a lot alike so if he yeah. tells me to do something I'm like you don't need and then someone else tells me to do the exact same thing and I'm like oh okay yeah <laughs> it's like sometimes you just need some out of nowhere extenuating circumstance to like click in and unfortunately if you're the person trying to provide the help you can't know what that thing is going to be. Sometimes it's going to be a dog licking your face after four years. You know, it's, you never know. All you can do is keep trying. Well, I also think it's important that like Joey did say something and didn't just let Frankie continue on as he had been, Mm -hmm. you know, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said that Joey was enabling him to begin with, but like if he just continued letting Frankie behave as he has been, Mm-hmm. then he begins to enable him right like there's no yeah. consequences um and sometimes people need consequences to realize that they need help right so yeah yeah, yeah. and i wonder um if joey had only seen him mostly at parties and stuff yeah be like this and then it started permeating throughout the rest of the day and yeah that, this is just one of those things that you know it's just pushing it too far yeah because yeah. tony had mentioned that like frankie had disappeared for a bunch of months like they hadn't really seen him for a while and now when he shows back up is when there's this party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it's getting taken out of context of where you'd be used to seeing your friend drunk. Yeah. 
So just then the phone rings and it's Sharon. She's calling to ask Tony to a movie. Yay! Yay! Makes it not creepy. Yeah. Yay. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we do know that he gave her his number. I think we can assume that she gave him her number first. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he gave his in response. So yay for Tony. So Nick and Blossom return home from their hockey game. They have balloon hats on their heads and little <laughs> flags. And mm-hmm. they decide that going forward, they're going to try to have a little bit of fun together every day. So it doesn't, yeah. it, they don't need to pass each other in the night and they can, mm-hmm. they can have a little bit of this perfect day every day. Yeah. And they walk into the living room and find Buzz eating cereal on the couch. And they sit down and Blossom asks Buzz what he got up to today. And he explained that somebody called about a gig for Nick, but they couldn't find him. So Buzz took it and Nick laughs, you know, he's glad he didn't take it. It doesn't matter. (laughs) doesn't matter what the job was because nothing could be as memorable as his day of hooky with Blossom. So, okay. Buzz turns on the Tonight Show and there's Buzz Mm -hmm. playing the piano. And we have our first over under credit scene. The credits are over the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And Nick is playing the Tonight Show theme in the living room and his PJs, (laughs) you know, doing a little intro that he's on the piano. And then he just breaks down crying because he missed this gig. (laughs) Oh, and Joey says, I never realized the song was so sad. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Joey, sweet baby angel. Oh, my God. So uh, let's get into our outfits of the week. Jen? I have four. Okay. So, so do you guys want to go first? Eric? Um, I love Blossom's outfit this episode. Like the, the red with the fur thing around the... Yeah. I think it was velvet. Yeah. I chose that one too. And then she has that awesome necklace and mm-hmm. like her hair is sort of like braided. Is that a braid or is that a hairband? It's braids. Um, mm-hmm. They're called milkmaid braids. Sometimes they're called Heidi braids. But it's wow. basically when you have the two pigtail braids and then you pin them across your head ah yeah good to know when i get to do hair later she put like little flowers or something i thought they were pearls oh maybe i thought they were little pearls on like a bobby pin and then she had these cool like print jeans with like i don't know what yeah the shorts i thought it was like an indian god or like it was like a buddhist yeah Mm -hmm. it it was a nice outfit i I thought it was really cool that was my outfit of the week too i really liked it (laughs) So I knew that was going to happen, <laughs> which is why I picked more than one. Because okay. I also super liked that. Outfit. It was the most like so this episode, more or less, except for those first, you know, the cold open and the, and the first scene, mm-hmm. everything else takes place on one day. So we don't yeah. have that many outfits to choose from. And I think if we went back through all of our outfits of the week, it's pretty consistently Blossom and Six. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's it was tough. You know, I knew that there was probably going to be at least one of us that had the same as as another one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For mine. It's not going to be my first pick, but I just want to shout out the movie Usher uniform because I think it's so funny that, you know, media still shows people wearing these uniforms, mm-hmm. which like no way would somebody have actually been wearing that. No, not at that not point in, in time. So I just thought that was funny. I remember that. Do you? Yeah. Really? I, I, um, we had, oh, what were they called? Was it a Cineplex back then? There was one in like Niagara Falls where I grew up that looked like an old timey movie theater oh. and people dressed up like that oh so it was usher. like it was a shtick theater not, no no no, not no shtick. That, that's the wrong word it was but. just an old theater but i yeah. that's just what 
the theaters huh. look, in that area looked like like even the ones okay. that were in St. Catharines yeah. so they all sort of looked oldie but yeah. that that was their uniforms at that time I'm, I remember this is like 1989 like I remember seeing this mm. thing people like that when I saw the Little Mermaid or well, like that. in my blue collar hometown there was <laughs> there's some dude throwing throwing a ticket at your face in jeans being enjoy the movie <laughs> smoking a cigarette and yeah. just yeah, yeah, exactly. You want the smoking section? So that that one just made me laugh. But <laughs> I know I said before, take something special. I really liked Six's cherry printed jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was super cute. It was very much a six cut. But I can see them at the like midway through the season starting to um, sophisticate yes. her looks a little bit more. Like mm-hmm. it's not all acid wash and fringe and no. crap. Yeah, Very I think older looking both of the girls, their their style definitely progresses throughout mm-hmm. the, the series. And I think we can see some of it in this season. Yeah. Compared to last season. Yeah. Like I would wear this jacket. It's super cute. It's so cute. Yeah. And her matching hat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So lesson of the week, Jen, we kind of have two stories. Mm-hmm. I think I know where you guys are probably going to go. So <laughs> do you? Do you? No. You know where I'm going. Probably not. So I'm going to pick the lesson that spoke the most to me, which was the idea of appreciating the people who care about you a little bit every day. Mm-hmm. Because I'm personally very bad with this. I think about my friends and my loved ones in my head every single day. Mm-hmm. But I am aware of how bad I am at reaching out or like someone will text me. I will answer in my head and forget to actually physically (laughs) text them back. Like I am that Mm -hmm. friend and it makes me feel bad a lot of the time. So I wanted to take like this lesson spoke to me because it's something I'm trying to do more is like actually reach out to people instead of being like, I haven't seen you in two years. Let's talk about our entire lives and then not do it again. Yeah. (laughs) For another six months. Yeah. You know? Eric? Yeah, I took that. I, I did that lesson too because yeah. uh, the Nick and Blossom day remind me of me and my kids and like yeah. they're getting older really fast and like life goes by fast, but you, you got to have fun with the, mm-hmm. the people you have, the people yeah. you love. I had that as my lesson as well. I did too. I did one for each storyline because I felt yeah. they were so different mm-hmm. and I actually had a little bit of trouble when I was trying to put into words what they were because I felt like they were kind of conflicting because the one with the Blossom storyline is like make time like to find to spend fun quality time with the people you love and like sometimes it's okay to just be silly and like order the the ice cream for, mm-hmm. for dinner and the reason I found it conflicting is because on the other end you have like don't go off the deep end as you know like yeah. Yeah. That. so I'm like I'm like how do I how do I phrase this but like I think yeah like finding making that time to spend quality time with your friends and like connect with your friends and family and that's one of the reasons why I love doing this podcast with you guys because mm-hmm. we do this every week and I don't know that like, yeah, like I'm like, Jen, I'm bad at reaching out sometimes. So it's nice to have this scheduled time every week where, you know, before or after we record, we get to just like catch up on each other's lives and like mm-hmm. have silly conversations and, yeah. and connect. <laughs> maybe, maybe those two are interconnected though. Yeah. Like the yes. two storylines in that way. So the one I had for the Joey storyline was like, sometimes you have to tell people things they don't want to hear, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like you can't be afraid to tell the people that you love that you you're worried about them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and being present, even if it's not always talking about the elephant in the room, but 
the same idea of like, if you're present, even if it's just a little bit, it makes a difference every day. It can make a difference. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) So a score. So out of, I I was trying to think of something fun to do out of five and all of the ones I thought of were just kind of like, like vodka filled water bottles. Do we really want to be celebrating Mm. that? I don't know. Adulterous teachers. Do we really want to be celebrating that? I don't know. So I guess we can go out of movie tickets, movie tickets, or I had daddy daughter days. Daddy daughter days. I like that one. Yeah. So out of five daddy daughter days, Eric, what do you give this? I really like this episode. I, I would give it a five. Like I thought it was really good. Both. Yeah. I think all the storylines were good and I didn't hate buzz. So mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't have to knock anything off for him. Yeah. Uh, even his little shtick at the end of turning on the TV was, was funny. It was. Yeah. But yeah. I appreciated the, the daddy daughter time. And mm-hmm. that really spoke to me. Five, mm-hmm. five, five. <laughs> Jen, I agree with everything he just said. It's like, we got like three or four different stories and none of them sucked or made me cringe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they all meant something to me. So yeah. five. I, I agree too, because I think like what you guys said is obviously, but I think what this episode does really well is that it balances a serious storyline with like a fun, goofy storyline in a way mm-hmm. that doesn't make you feel like, oh, now it's time for the comic relief. Yeah. Because the daddy daughter stuff, even though they were having a goofy day out, it was an important message of like, they weren't connecting and and they needed to just like have some fun together and like mm-hmm. be kids again. Right. So yeah, I would also give this a five out of five guys. Is this our first one where we all gave a five out of five? Is this our first perfect episode? Was Memorex a triple five? I can't remember. I don't know. There have been a few that have gotten close, but this might yeah. be the first. This might be the first perfect, perfect five, fives like across it. the board. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So next week, we are looking at season two, episode eight, Run for the Border. Thank you guys for coming and chatting with me. Uh, As I said, this is a highlight of my week. I look forward to talking to you guys every week. And um, we'll be back again with another episode next week. Bye. 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 When it's cold outside. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to In My Opinionation. Don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IamOpinionation, our website at IamOpinionation.com, or email us at OpinionationPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your opinionation about this or any future episodes. New episodes come out every Tuesday. Thanks again for listening. And until next week, the sun is going to surely shine.